Welcome to the Jacksonville Bar Association podcast. My name is Craig Shoup. I'm the executive director here at the Jacksonville Bar Association. And today we're excited to have Peggy Sidman with us. Peggy is the Jacksonville City Council Director and Secretary. Prior to joining the Jacksonville City Council in April of 2022, she served as legal counsel to the Jacksonville City Council for 19 years in the City of Jacksonville's Office of General Counsel, where in addition to her duties with the City Council, she was named Managing Deputy in 2013. Prior to her time with the City of Jacksonville, she was a corporate counsel for Bombardier Capital and was in private practice locally with firms including Rogers Towers. She is a graduate of the University of Florida and the Washington College of Law at American University. She is a former member of the city's Historic Preservation Commission and served on the Mayor's Commission on the Status of Women as an appointee of former Mayor John Delaney. Before we get into our conversation with Peggy, I do want to say a special thank you to our Jacksonville Bar Association partners. This time, we do have a quick message from one of our partners. Hi, I'm Steve Strum. I am a financial advisor with Northwestern Mutual Wealth Management Company. I am a proud supporter of the Jacksonville Bar Association. As a financial advisor, I help lawyers make good decisions with money. Those decisions could be investment accounts, insurance planning, estate planning, business planning. If you want to know more about what I can do to help serve you, please call me at 904-505-8852 or check out my website. Thank you very much for your support from the Jacksonville Bar Association for these years, and I'm happy to continue supporting you guys now and into the future. I'd like to say a special thank you to all of our partners here at the Jacksonville Bar Association. Well, Peggy, after all that, welcome. We're glad you had a few moments to join us today. Well, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about you and what led you down the path to the law and now as the director of the Jacksonville City Council. Okay, well, thanks, um, Craig. First off, I want to thank you, and I've told you this every time I see you, about the Jacksonville Bar Association lunches because when I was a young lawyer, they were a two, two-and-a-half-hour event, and now you guys have them absolutely streamlined, very meaningful, and I just want to say that publicly. Oh, well, so, thank you so much. Thanks. We we strive to be conscious of the um, time of all of our members, and we know it's a very um, tough to be able to get out of the office in the middle of the day to come to a program, so we want to be cognizant of that and provide that programming the best and most efficiently as we can. Well, you knock it out of the park. So um, a little bit about me and why I became a lawyer. Um, probably you don't know this about me, but I'm one of five adopted children. Uh, when my brother Thomas was born, we were five under the age of six. So advocacy came to me very early on. Uh, to get anything, we had to have three against two. So <laughs> that was that. And if there was an appeal, it was you either got you know, open and direct or cross and closing. So, um, so that came to me early on. Um, when you talked about me becoming the um, Jacksonville City Council director, and in one of my interviews, I talked about how I like order and process and rules and law. And um, that's just something I grew up with um, from a faith base. I'm a Catholic person, so we have a lot of rules and law. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the background of it. W one thing you didn't mention um, 
in my bio was after I graduated from the University of Florida, I went to Germany on a Rotary Scholarship. So thank you for all the Rotarians out there and the Paul Harris Fellowship. Um, and when I was over there, I got offered to work with the Bundestag, um, but it was a volunteer position and the Rotary was paying for me to come back and my dad said, you better take that flight. So I came back and I worked for um, Senator Bill, Bill Bankhead, who was a Republican from this area, um, great senator over in Tallahassee, and I was a legislative aide for a couple of years over there. And as I looked around, I thought about, well, what's next? You know, what kind of is the progression of, of that? And I saw a lot of lobbyists, I saw a lot of people who were lawyers, and I thought, well, maybe I should, should do that. But I suppose the real impetus was I was um, having dinner with Mike Munns, a friend of mine who was also at aid for Joe Arnold at the time. And uh, we were out at a Chinese restaurant, and I got a fortune cookie, and it said, you would make a good lawyer. So I, <laughs> I don't usually make my decisions based on fortune cookies, but my applications were already in. And I had applied to um, American University in DC because they had a master's program in international studies, which I really thought I wanted to do, you know, combine the two. Um, but um, I got accepted part-time, so I worked full-time during the day and went to law school at night, so that would have been like a five-year type of a track. So I decided that's probably not what I wanted to do. So I just concluded with the, um, with the JD part and um, moved back to Jacksonville because I was engaged to a lawyer at the time and um, started my practice back here with Rogers Towers. And as most people do, I mean, if you ask any young people like, you know, you want to be a lawyer, they think of the things they see on TV, which is mostly litigation, right? So you don't see a lot of transactional. Rogers Towers had a you know, full survey, surface of, uh, of practices, and, but litigation's where I started. Um, and then I, I went to a spin-off of Smith, Holsey, Stutzman, and Timms, and then I went in-house at Bombardier, capital ski-doo, sea-doos, um, and they hired me to work my way out of a job, which I did, because they were winding down their presence here in Jacksonville. Um, and then uh, Jean Miller, who you know, called me and said they had an opening at the at the city, so I went over there, and they hired me to do um, city council and land use. And so I remember interviewing with them, and I said, well, you know, I've been active in government because of the Senator Bankhead piece, but, you know, as far as land use, you know, I've used land, I was historic preservation. <laughs> um, so that was short-lived on that part, but from that point in 2003 to present, um, well, not present, because I just took this new job, um, I was counsel to the council, which is a little bit different than a lot of practices because it's you know local government attorney and advising city council. But I think that for folks that are inclined to do it, a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to do that. But when you really get up there and you're being asked questions on the floor and you, you really have to know your business, uh, it's quite intimidating. But if you like to do that, litigation background is a, just a great foundation. So... With Bombardier, one of the questions I'm going to have to ask, with CDU and all that, was part of your package including a CDU? <laughs> I wish it. I wish it had included a CDU. I dated a guy at the time who had a couple of CDUs, um, but no. the The capital piece was Bombardier wanted to be like GE Capital, mm -hmm. and so they modeled themselves after that. But they ended up doing financing into some. They financed their own products, but they also financed mobile homes and. Um, uh, cars on the secondary market where you, they'd sell the lease. 
And so the, the business model wasn't what they thought it would be, and so they ended up um, wrapping their presence here up in Jacksonville, and that's why I, I worked my way out of a job, so to speak. But I do enjoy CDU still. Now, you, like we talked about, you've been at this council for a number of years, and there's been a lot of different things that have come across the council. I'm, I'm even thinking recently we've had Lot J, we've had all the JEA craziness that if you missed the um, discussion from the Jack Spars um, Kreiser seminar, we had a great panel, Councilman Ron Salem, we had uh, Steve Busey who worked for the council in an investigative capacity. Great panel, so if you missed that, check out our online CLE store that's available to you out there as well. Um, sorry for this shameless plug there. No, no but um, we, um, there's been so many different things and come through the council and different changes in leaderships and all of it. What are some great memories that you've had that you've really remember and enjoyed working doing that? So, um, yeah, the Lot J, the, the JEA, the HRO three times, the you know, changes of leadership and the different elected officials has been a lot over the 20 years that have been there. Um, as, you know, nobody voted for me. I don't think anybody would vote for me. <laughs> but, you know, as, as a lawyer for the council, you're trying to help direct different people's policies, um, educate them on, on the law, clearly. I mean, our, our goal is to make sure that everything is legal or it doesn't get filed or it doesn't get enacted. Um, but the policies that the different individuals have may not be your policies, may not be your personal policies, but just to get them across the, the finish line. Um, it's, it's, it's really, after being there for 20 years, sometimes people will say, how did this work before? Did this work? Um, moving the elections, we've probably filed that bill six or seven times, you know, whether to be in spring or fall, so you have a lot of repeat stuff. None of that's ever passed. Um, so those are some of the memories that I've had, but Mostly, you know, just working with the collegial bodies, both within the Office of General Counsel um, that has, I don't know a lot of people know this, but um, the Office of General Counsel has like over 40 lawyers, and they are the counsel for the entire city of Jacksonville. Um, very little is outsourced. I mean, Steve Busey, as you mentioned, was outsourced on the investigation for the Special Investigative Committee for the council, but they handle the majority of um, the litigation and transactional that goes across um, and through the city of Jacksonville. But that's always exciting to be a part of that. Um, not that I don't advocate reading the paper, but you're kind of living it a little bit when you're, when you're there every Tuesday night at council. And um, as I said in my interview for the city council director position, I mean, I've attended over 440 council meetings. So that's a lot of council meetings. That's a lot of public comment. That's a lot of hearing what what the people are, um, are talking about, so. Um, and then you think, talk about general counsel, people don't realize there's a lot of great lawyers That's in the general counsel. And we've had, I can think of, just off the top of my head, between Judge Anthony Salem, Judge Gil Feltel, Judge Virginia Norton, top three that come off my head that are, have become judges. Tom Beverly. Oh, Tom Beverly, when I worked at the clerk's office, Judge Beverly represented me as part of the clerk's office there. Colette Cunningham at the federal level. Mm -hmm. A number of federal judges. Yeah, I mean, the 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 level of um, quality attorneys that are at the Office of General Counsel. I mean, I remember when Rick Mullaney hired me in 2003. That's one of the um, legacies that he left in the Office of General Counsel is really outstanding, outstanding attorneys. And I'd put them up against anybody. Yeah, I think it's going to continue even. I think 
with the, the, the general consuls that all have followed Rick, the, the, the excellence of attorneys and the excellence of representation for the city and the consolidated government. And I know it wasn't that long ago I was having a conversation with Jason Gabriel, our former general counsel, about how there sometimes is that push of how does consolidation stay together after all these years and is it still working? And that, that the, really the general counsel, is the, to me, is the linchpin of consolidation. It keeps everybody together. So the, the, the phrase at the Office of General Counsel is the glue that keeps the consolidated government together. That's an Ed Austin-ism that Rick you know, would use oftentimes with us and with clients. And I think, I think that is true. Um, I think the consolidators kind of knew what they were doing with how they structured that. And there's been some changes. There was a change under, um, under Jason Gabriel um, during his time. It mm -hmm. wasn't his doing but on how they selected the general counsel and um, you know, make sure that all the clientele were represented, you know, all the different independent agencies, the mayor and the, and the different departments and, of course, the city council. So kind of shifting gears a little bit, but you've been practicing for a number of years here in North Florida, private practice, in-house, government lawyer. What are some things that you think young lawyers should know about practicing or even just we've seen an influx of lawyers and you see a lot of lawyers even in, when you're the land use side coming and lobbying city council what are some things that you think young lawyers should know about practicing here in the fourth or new lawyers to the area that they don't really learn in law school yeah so i mean i, I wouldn't i wouldn't you know suggest that i know <laughs> you know clearly how to educate the young lawyers on the specifics of the practice here because my practice has been so different. But the one thing that I do read um, when the Jacksonville Bar puts it out is about the satisfaction of lawyers and how, how satisfied they are with the practice of law. And uh, regrettably, our satisfaction survey numbers have gone down. I mean, it was you know 57% two years ago and 47% you know as recently as last year. And I think the key thing about uh, um, you know, trying to keep those satisfaction numbers up is not to lose ourselves in whatever we're doing. I mean, if we, in the practice of law, in overdoing anything that you do. And so um, I think sometimes we think that, you know, money, power, respect, success, esteem, that those are the driving forces. But if we really drill down to the core essence of law or lawyering, it has to do about being authentic, you know, you know, honesty, integrity. And I think the person that you owe the authenticity to first and foremost is yourself. And um, it's hard to do, you know, isn't it right? Like, a, I'm gonna take that vacation mm -hmm. when, I'm going to do this when, you know, and I think it's important that the when is now and to have that really good work-life balance. And um, it's a fight, it's a struggle. Um, but you remember the, the, the book, The Firm? by John Grisham, and yep. it was all about the golden handcuffs. So you went to law school, and now you have to do big firm. And nothing wrong with big firm. I did big firm. But you have to remember that, you know, if you're going to do that to make sure that you have that work-life balance, you know, make sure you make time to have friends and relationships and children if you choose to have children. Um, and I think that for the young lawyers, the old lawyers, you know, that that's the most important thing that we can do is make sure that we're authentic to ourselves because if we're, if we're doing that, then we will have that happiness and success in the law. And um, 
there was a bar article in the um, Florida Bar Journal a couple years ago talking about that and talking about you know what really is success to you. Um, so recently I talked to JU as part of the council director and they were talking um, a little bit about you know what 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 does the new council look like not the new council but the council staff and the um, department look like and I pulled back to John Wooden. Do you know John Wooden? He's a, uh, some say he's one of the winningest most coaches for the UCLA Bruins. He won. Defeated JU in the championship <laughs> game in the 70s. Maybe I shouldn't have said that to <laughs> JU. So he won 10 out of 12 NCAA championships from 64 to 75. And a Puritan guy from the Midwest, and he talks about in some of his leadership books about the, he has this big pyramid and one of the things about the pyramid is, you know, being industrial, being eager, and then having that competitive edge. And in, in one of his books, he talks about what he wanted on his card, you know, and he didn't want coach, he wanted teacher. And I think it's the idea of just continuing to reach people by teaching them, whether it's in the law, like um, the JBA had the um, uh, council, or the, sorry, the um, Florida our president here mm -hmm. talking about mentorship. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that there's a lot to be said for that because it reminds us that we have something to give and that we have something to learn from giving as well. So um, I don't know where this conversation no, no. started, but, <laughs> but um, that's, that's probably one of the things that I'd wanna impart in young lawyers, old lawyers. I mean, I'm 30 years a lawyer now. Um, so I just don't ever wanna you know, lose myself by forgetting about what, what started me into this and who I am and what my work-life balance is. And I would just encourage everybody to try to keep that in perspective. So talking, continuing the work, work life and all of that, um, not a lot of folks, um, especially who are lawyers, we always talk about, they think of the big firm life, they think of the solo life, they think of even a public defender or a government lawyer, but you're in a very different position. People probably, a lot of people out there probably don't even know that we have a council director and what that job is. Can you tell folks what it is that the council director actually does? Sure, sure. So um, as council director, I'm kind of the head of a department. So if you think of a public works department and the head of that department, I'm the head of the council department. So under the council director, it's a $10 million budget, 66 employees. Of the 66 employees, it includes the 19 council members and the 19 aides. So basically the staff services is about 26 at any given time. And so we're in charge of what I say, putting on the show. So that's all the council meetings, all the committee meetings. Um, front office, back office. So we have a research, we have an administrative services division that keeps everybody in paper and pens and, and procurement correctly done. And then of course we have an IT group. Um, the piece that some people may not realize about the council director, my position, is that the council director is the county clerk for the value adjustment board. So right now, obviously, our property values are high. And even though our millage rate, the mayor Curry just um, proposed his budget with an eighth of a mil less, it's a multiplier. So if this is higher and this is lower, the number's still going to be higher. So a lot of people will come into the value adjustment board saying that they're taxes are higher than they were last year because their property values are higher. And so you will see the value adjustment board be very busy in this upcoming year. 
and um, I am the, the clerk for the Value Adjustment Board. So that's another piece that a lot of, a lot of folks don't know about. But the one thing that I would like to mm -hmm. share with everybody is that um, as part of my duties, it's not just the 66 employees or the Value Adjustment Board, but it's the mayor's office, I feel, is one of my constituents, all of their departments, the public, um, as they look for um, accessibility to government, making sure that they can view things online, that they can find things online. Um, the press, I talk to the press often to give them background education. I ask them never to quote me, but I will give them background and education. Um, and I just really want to make sure that anybody who may be watching this knows that there are opportunities online and also if they choose to come to a city council meeting that they can do so. And so it's a, it's a big job. And unlike the, I've been telling people, unlike the general counsel's office, I was very, like on this day I do this, I have these committees, and then this day I do this. In this job, it, as an administrator, it's very much things flying everywhere and you're grabbing them and you're trying not to miss any of the different issues that are coming your way. And I have an amazing group of people and staff and um, a great leadership team and council um, members that I have worked with and continue to work with, but just in a different capacity. So that's probably what I would tell you about the council secretary, council director position. Um, so you, I will say, continuing kind of somewhat down that road, time at general council. I think pretty much everybody in the general council's office is a member of the Jacks Bar. You continued your membership, even transitioning out of the traditional practice of law to the Jacks, um, to the city council, and um, continue your membership there. Why do you think it's important for folks to be a member of the Jacksonville Bar? Well, I started with this, the lunch part. Um, for me, as a government lawyer, I'm continue, I continue my membership in the Florida Bar and in the Jacks Bar. Because, um, you know, I just think it's important for us um, to have um, contact with other lawyers as a resource. I mean, when I go to the bar meetings, I see a lot of judges, people that I practice with as lawyers and now are judges, those that we mentioned. And, um, you know, the way that you guys have structured it, you get CLE from time to time, which we can all use. Sometimes you do the technology, which is always kind of one of those things I'm chasing. Um, and then just the camaraderie. I think that um, it's easier to disagree with someone you don't know, or maybe I should say be disagreeable with someone you don't know. But as we practice together, especially here in North Florida, I think we have a camaraderie and a civility and a professionalism. And I think the Jacksonville Bar fosters that by having those regular, meaningful um, meetings kept to an hour. <laughs> kept to an hour. I, when I came on board here at the bar, I heard uh, very loudly that lunches need to be an hour, and so we, we strive to do that as much as humanly possible. Um, so I'll tell you, one of my favorite questions in this series that we do is, what are some favorite places you and your family like to have dinner at in town? Oh, wow. So um, my husband doesn't like to eat out, so I can't do that one, okay? But I okay. will tell you, one of my favorite things to do um, with my friends and, mm -hmm. and, and colleagues is the rooftop stuff. I love the rooftop stuff. In fact, I would recommend that JBA do a rooftop. Maybe we could start down at Intuition and go to Calfer. You could go. I like a little rooftop, like, progress. Rooftop a, hop. Well, I mean, you like that? Yeah, I like Take it as your own. 
I mean, uh, the Vistar building, I'm going to say mm -hmm. the name wrong at the top of that now. Mm -hmm. And then if you just even keep going down into La Villa, there's rooftops. And then you have Black Sheep, River and Post. Burrito Hop Gallery. Burrito Gallery is one yep. I'm missing. Hop Tingers, you know, we could, we could, let's make that happen. I like this. Yeah. I like this a lot. Yeah. So that would be a good JBA outing. Good, good like Saturday afternoon, start at one, progress. Like we have a few hours to do it. Mm -hmm. This is good stuff. This is Maybe we could even get the bike thing going. Oh, I'm sitting here thinking the tuk-tuks that drive us around. Oh, the tuk-tuks. That's, that's better. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I think too many people with too many rooftops on bicycles may turn into oh, a yeah. problem. Yeah. That, for our PR lawyers that are watching. Yeah. <laughs> PI lawyers, sorry. I'm not going to give you extra business <laughs> on this one at least. So anyway. Um, so if somebody has a question about um, something, how to be more engaged with the council or trying to find a link to something, or they just have a question about city government in general, what's the best way for them to maybe reach out to you? Sure. So um, they can always just call mm -hmm. six, well, it's not 63 anymore. That's how old I am. 255-5200, which is our, mm -hmm. our number. But really the best way to do it is to go to city council, um, coj.net city council and it will have the bills so if you're looking for a bill you can do a bill search um, and just put the bill in it will tell you what committees it's going if it's passed it will tell you you know um, that it's enacted give you all of the material there um, the other thing I really like to encourage people to go to especially now we're right in the middle of our budget season on the web page they have um, the budget so you go to coj.net um, go to city council, it'll give you the budget. It'll give you all the budget bills, not the conflict bills, mm -hmm. but the budget bills. And there's also a schedule on there right now for when the budget hearings will be. So if you're interested in the sheriff's office, that's on day one, which is coming up, which will be August um, 11th. And then if you're interested in public works, it will tell you what day that is. It'll tell you the day the CIP, the capital improvement, which is what a lot of people look for. I mean, what are we doing downtown? roadway resurfacing, what's happening, what's coming out of the ground in other areas of town, um, drainage, um, septic tanks, all of those type of things. And so those schedules are on that, on that webpage. And the council um, finance chair, Aaron Bowman, has you know, directed to keep putting those things up to make it meaningful. We're going to try to keep things off that aren't pertinent and meaningful so that it's a, it's a good, good tool. I know a lot of folks don't realize especially from our legal side, the courts um, get some funding from, sure. from the city, and that will be a day where they'll, they'll talk about that, and along with the public defender and the state attorney and our local um, legal community ha does get funding from the city for certain things like that. Right, and so. I know you had a segment on here earlier that talked about um, the mental health mm -hmm. um, offender program, MHOP. That's a big program that went through the city. Um, teen Court gets money. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the diversionary programs that you hear Melissa Nelson talking about, those, those folks get money as well. And so those are just some of the different policies and um, initiatives that the council is, is funding and, and refunding. So, well, with that, we're excited that you were able to join us today. It's been fun to have a conversation about I'm a local government nerd, so I've enjoyed this highly. <laughs> I hope more people out there will have enjoyed it. Um, but we thank you again for joining us. We look forward to seeing everybody at our next episode.